Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Welcome, everybody. It's Eddie Trunk, and it's time for another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, which, of course, is new every Thursday. Podcast One, Apple Podcast, and let us not forget, now available totally free via Spotify. You don't need a subscription. Just search for my name, the podcast, on any of those platforms. It'll come up. Won't cost you a penny. You can download it. You can stream it. You can do whatever you'd like with it. And be sure to uh, check it out when you get a chance. Hope everybody is having a good week, safe, healthy week as we continue in pandemic mode. Uh, Still waiting for information on when we may see concerts come back. I think it's going to be quite a while, especially for uh, large-scale shows. From what I'm hearing, I mean, there are some people that are reporting that this could be a year to two years. I, I know in New York City, concerts have been canceled through june i know in los angeles they have said nothing for the rest of the year so it is going to be a while and unfortunately if you just look at the reality of it concerts are probably the last thing that they're going to address given the economy given the airline industry travel uh bars restaurants all of that needs to be figured out so Unfortunately for us music fans, it's going to be a long haul, I think, before we see live music anytime soon, especially at a larger level. Maybe some small club shows at some point, but who knows? Everybody's just sort of navigating this and figuring figuring it out as we go along, and that's the best we could do at this point. And I'll keep you posted with what I find out, but needless to say, if you are holding tickets to shows anywhere for anything and it has not yet been canceled or postponed, you definitely want to take a good look at that before you decide to go. And everything is different state by state, case by case, but use your best judgment. And hopefully if stuff is being postponed, you are at least being given the option of a refund, which I think is, is so important. And many artists and promoters doing the right thing. As a matter of fact, Live Nation and AEG, two of the biggest promoters, two, the two biggest promoters in the world, 
recently announcing that they will absolutely offer 30-day windows on any postponements for refunds on your tickets. Very important to a lot of people struggling right now with finances given the shutdown across the world. So we're here to bring you, I'm here to bring you another great interview this week, and this is one of my favorite ones. You know by now that all of the interviews you hear here on this podcast originated and first aired live on my daily SiriusXM radio show, which, by the way, despite the shutdown, I'm still doing brand new shows every single day, 2 to 4, 10 to midnight Eastern, on SiriusXM volume on channel 106. And the cool thing is, if you're in the U.S. or Canada, and you are not a SiriusXM subscriber, you can still hear my show, because until May 15th, they are offering it free streaming on the app. So get more information on the website, get the SiriusXM app. You can listen to my shows totally free, even if you aren't a subscriber, through May 15th. Details on how to do that on the app and on SiriusXM.com. So all of the interviews you hear originated on that radio show and aired there first, and then after a week or two, some of them I repurpose here on the podcast as just a tiny little taste of what I'm doing. It's a great thing for people that don't get Sirius or XM, or it's a great thing for people who are outside the U.S. and Canada, a way for them to connect with my interviews and my shows. I've been doing some great stuff lately where I've been asked to be a guest on other people's shows and programs, and that's been a lot of fun to do. Maybe you've caught some of that stuff. And most recently, Sully Erna of Godsmack, who I had on my show and I'll bring to you as a podcast at some point soon, Sully asked me to go on his show. He's doing a YouTube show. I mean, all of these artists are trying to get creative, try to do some different stuff, many of them not used to being home. And they're just trying to come up with ways to do some things to connect with their fans, whether it be social media, whether it be online performances, YouTube channels, whatever the case may be. So Sully, a couple weeks ago, launched this series called Hometown Sessions. And it's a video deal that he does from his house. And he interviewed me for it. And that is actually going to be airing today at 6 p.m. Eastern time, I believe it goes up. Just search for Sully's YouTube channel, Sully Erna YouTube, and it's free. And we had an hour video conversation, and he even did a little stump the trunk. <laughs> so check it out. Thanks to Sully for having me on his program. And it was fun to visit with him. So that's just the latest of uh, some of the recent in-depth interviews that I've been the subject of. I did a real long one also on YouTube with Mike Brunn. If you search that, you'll see it come up. It was on with my uh, my buddy Izzy Presley on his podcast. Uh, there's been a few. I'm probably, and I for, apologize for getting one. Oh, my buddy Nando, who is in, out of Brazil with his Wikimetal page. So a lot of cool stuff. And I'm even going to do... Um, I've not done any of the live video chat stuff, but I'm going to try to do an Instagram live at some point for the first time and connect with you guys that way. All my social media is simply at Eddie Trunk. So keep an eye open for that. Also, I want to uh, thank those who have ordered videos, personal video greetings from me via Cameo. You may have heard about this site, Cameo. 
and it's an app and it's a site and you can go on there and there's all these different personalities from the world of TV and <clears throat> sports and radio and acting and movies and what have you. And for a fee, you can get personal video greetings. So a lot of people have been on me about doing that for a long time. And I finally went on it a week or two ago and a portion of the proceeds from that went to charity from everybody who ordered last weekend. So that's a very cool thing as well. A lot of interesting interactive video stuff going on. And honestly, some of it's hard to keep up with because everybody is literally doing it. But there's some cool stuff out there to check out for sure. Speaking of cool stuff to check out, what an interview I have for you this week. Now, when I am interviewed, I am often asked by interviewers who my favorite people to interview are. And I consistently, consistently give this answer. Sammy Hagar and Michael Anthony. Two of my favorite people in the world. So much fun to talk to. And I had a chat with them about two weeks ago where we just shot the shit and had the best time just talking, talking rock, talking Van Halen. We did a lot of Van Halen talk and also about what those guys are doing in light of the pandemic. Sammy and the circle have a tour coming up, which is very much in question. Like all tours, we just got into a lot of great stuff. And a lot of aspects of this interview made news when it initially aired on Trunk Nation, my Sirius XM radio show, especially the part about Sammy talking about the fact that uh, he was not responsible for the keyboard dominance when he was in Van Halen. Interesting thoughts on that. So Sammy Hagar and Michael Anthony, almost an hour chat with two of my favorites, on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast, I am very excited for you guys to be able to hear this. I think you are going to love it. Uh, what's not to love about these guys? They're always just so real and honest and upfront about stuff and so much fun to talk to. So that's coming up on this week's podcast. I hope you enjoy it. I thank you for listening. Listen to me daily on volume, Sirius XM 106, doing Trunk Nation, 2 to 4. And 10 to midnight Eastern on channel 106. And uh, again, follow on social media at Eddie Trunk. EddieTrunk.com is the official online home. All righty. I got to do a little stop down here, but when we come back, we'll get right into it with Sammy and Michael on this week's podcast. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, I got a new podcast coming. It's called Theory. Don't you know? This is Theo Rossi. Our world is changing. For many of us, it'll never feel the same. The important thing to remember is that we are all in this together. And that's some of what I want to talk about on my new show, Theory. We're going to discuss the things that no one ever does. The real talk, the sacrifice, and the struggle that everyone goes through. My life has kind of put me in a unique position to see things honestly. This is Theo Rossi, and my new show, Theory, launches on April 8th, officially on Spotify, Podcast One, and Apple Podcasts. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. 
All right, let's get to our interview this week on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. As I mentioned, two of my favorite people talking about all sorts of great stuff here. Sammy Hagar and Michael Anthony, of course, two former members of Van Halen. What does the future hold? Well, it's anyone's guess, but a great hang with these guys. Recorded a couple weeks ago. Think you're, you're absolutely going to enjoy it. And uh, here we go. Take it away with Sammy Hagar and Michael Anthony on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Two of my favorite people in the world are we just two, three rocket scientists here. It took all of us uh, about 20 minutes to figure out how to do a conference no, 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 call. Come on, come on. It took the bass player to do it. Well, it we should the get bass player to get anything done around here. Sammy, we should give credit oh. where credit is due. Michael Anthony was the one that figured out the conference call on today, an iPhone. Anyway. Today, uh, anyway. You know hey, Sam, today will be my day. I'll drink to it, Mike. I'm telling you. Yep. But well, listen, let's not get Eddie. started there, Sam. It's way too early in the day. What do you mean? In lockdown? They moved the, they oh, moved the needle, right. man. It's not 5 o'clock anymore. It's noon now. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, During lockdown, it's permanent it's vacation right now, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, listen, Eddie, when you first called me, just saying I'm going to put you on hold and get Mikey on the phone, I started laughing. Instantly, I just started laughing out loud, and I, it like almost, I almost couldn't stop because I could see his face. You know, we've been on lockdown. I haven't seen my brother now for a month. It's it's been a month. Where where were you guys when all this stuff went down? Where were you? You guys weren't on the road, right? Where was everybody home? You know what? We were we we were, uh, uh, it all started coming down right, literally, Sam. I think it was right before, or right after we were supposed to leave for South America, which was I think March twelfth. We were going to leave for South America. Yep, that's right. Yeah, the first gig was the thirteenth or something, and yeah, we were. That's when it happened. You're right. You know, Mike, I'm sitting there scratching my head going, I don't know. And, what and, le- and, le- and luckily we made the right call. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a good thing you <laughs> yeah. didn't go over there and get stuck. Otherwise, we'd be hanging down in Brazil or somewhere like right now. You no, know? We'd, no, no, we'd be worse than it. We'd be like in Guatemala in some uh, concentration camp or something. Oh, some American <laughs> holding tank or something. Man, eating, eating uh, army rations or something. You know what I mean? Out of cans. <laughs> I didn't. Re- I didn't realize you guys were going to South America. Did you? Have, has the circle gone uh, down there much? Have you done stuff? A lot of stuff outside of the U.S. with with this band, Sammy. No, no. We we. This was our first South American tour for me. Mikey's been there with Van Halen. Yeah. Jason had been there, I think, uh, and uh, uh, but not me, man. I had I never played in South America, and I was so jacked. Shows were you know sold out most of them, and it was it was like really something else, and then. All of a sudden, the government said, "No, you know, uh, we, you know, I was checking with some of uh, our friends that we have, you know, in the business and the, and the government and stuff, and saying uh, they were saying, no, you, if you leave the country now, you might not be able to get back in.' And we're going, what? And boy, yeah, sure they're, enough, they're, they're, they're saying, but but if you if you really want to come down, you got to use this, 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 that, this, this backup, that, have this way out, and whatever. And we're like, oh my god, you know, it yeah, was, it, was, it was rough. That's was, too bad because." It's too bad because there's as Michael, if, if you you've been there, like Sammy said, uh, you know they've got there. I've been there a bunch of times. That metal show was really popular throughout there. I've gone down there a few uh-huh. times, and the 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 rock fans are unbelievable there. I mean, you talk to any bands, and they're always like, "My God, South America! It's like a whole different world." How into it they are? Yeah, there. as as it was getting closer to us, uh, you know, going going down there, you could see like between our Instagrams, there were a lot of comments and a lot of likes coming from south america now you know and and i I saw a lot of people starting to post up because you know you get tagged and all that stuff a lot of uh posts coming up of of of, from people in south america and i don't know what the heck they were saying half the time but they were all (laughs) a lot of exclamation points and 
I guess they were excited for us to come down. They were saying Chengon and yes. and Quebueno and and the Total Madre and all that stuff. That's what they were saying, Mike. See, you just, Is that what it was? You just didn't know. Yeah, you just didn't know how to interpret it. Not a something like that. Hey, correct, 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 correct me if I'm wrong. With either, with any, Sammy, even your time in Van Halen and Michael throughout your whole career, it always struck me that Van Halen was more U.S. based. You guys did, did with either version, either lineup, did, Michael. Even with you in the early days, did you guys go out of the the, the U.S. much? Did you tour internationally a lot? It always struck me that Van Halen was just yeah, such an what, American we, thing. We started to well, actually, in our first tour in '78, we opened up for Sabbath in in uh, in Europe, which was part of our part of our first tour, the second half of our, the first tour that we did in '78. And then, like with Samuel, we we've been uh, we've been a, a, a little bit to Europe, and then we went to uh, Japan twice, and, yeah, uh, Japan. a couple times in J- in Japan. But uh, I, I don't know. Who, who, you know what the it? problem was, Eddie? This is this really this this sounds like a bullshit thing, but it is not. We we were at the point where when we did an American tour, we would do three and four nights in every city. We'd be doing like 135, 140 shows in a, in a year in mm. America, just trying, you know, because everything would sell out so fast. We'd say, oh, yeah, add another one. Oh, sure. you, you know, without thinking, at the end of the tunnel, man, you're going, man, I just did 140 shows. You guys want to go to Europe? Nope. You want to go to South America? Nope. <laughs> it's like, I just want to go home. And they say, yeah, let's go home and make a new record. Next thing you know, we're in the studio making a new record and going right back out and doing it again. Uh, it, you know, the, the success of that band was, like bands do it. Now, you know, Chili Peppers, people like that. They go out for three friggin' years touring the world, and uh, we, we just didn't do it. It was just a different kind of a, a deal for us. I don't know what we were thinking. Our management was calling the shots more than we were. We were just partying and having a good time. You know, I got to tell you, the last thing on this is, is really funny, which supports this point. So I don't know if you, either of you guys are familiar with this new band made up of a bunch of older guys, but this new band called Sons of Apollo. It's Mike Portnoy, Jeff Scott Soto, uh, Billy Sheehan. Uh, yeah, Bill, yeah. So, so it's this, you know, it's this proggy super group. So they released a live concert DVD. They played with this an orchestra and they only had one album out they did it i think it was in romania bulgaria or somewhere last year and they do a set of covers at the end because they only had one record to play and one of the covers they did was in the cradle will rock and the singer jeff jumps into the audience and he's running around sticking the microphone in various people in the audience's mouth to sing the chorus and they don't have a clue what the song is and i said to jeff many times i'm like they got no clue over there i saw that on youtube I saw that on YouTube. They start off Cradle Rock, and then it goes into some kind. Of, then they really take it somewhere. They go off. They go off into outer space after that. Though. But but Jeff hey, Jeff Scott Soto's a great singer. That guy. Yeah. I just ran into him last year in in the beach uh, at some little restaurant I like down here in Southern California, a little pizza joint, and he was sitting in there, and I hadn't seen him forever, and. Uh, I just reminded me of what a great singer that guy is. You know, he's been in so many bands and so many different uh, situations, but he can sing anybody's shit. Man. He can sing my stuff. He can sing Steve Perry stuff. You know, I mean, this this guy can sing. Man. Oh yeah, so, yeah. He would trip. he would he would have me come down. In fact, I think what at least a couple of years in a row, he invited me out uh, when he was there out uh, my way over the holidays. I saw Trans Siberian Orchestra. Yeah. 
Yeah, but the motto of the story is that I bust his balls about this all the time because I'm like, you are out there with your dick swinging, man. You got all these people. You're trying to you're trying to get him to sing a chorus with you, and ev- it's funny as hell on the video. Yeah. Every time he puts the mic in front of the fan's face, they have no idea of the song. And I'm like, the motto of this story is Van Halen, <laughs> not big in Bulgaria. <laughs> yeah, well, probably. <laughs> Just never toured there. Who knows, man? But uh, I know it's really funny because when when uh, when we toured, we did a stadium tour with John Bon Jovi right before the band broke up. That was probably what broke us up. And Van Halen, <laughs> we opened for John Bon Jovi in Europe, and it was like when we played. You know, it's like sixty thousand people, and and every night. And when we played, there was like about ten thousand people in the front going crazy. And there was about 30,000 people just walking around looking at us. And then when the, it's like when we finished our set, those 10,000 people split and all, all these, <laughs> you know, all these teeny boppers came running up to the front for, for Bon Jovi. It was, it was weirdest thing for me. I thought, what the, what the hell is going on here? You know? Uh, so but you're right. Yeah. You know, you, you got to go out and work the world, I guess, if, if that's, uh, if, if you want to be, you know, international now. But I mean, with the internet, people can see you and see everything you do. So that's what happened to us in South America is we had never been there and we've only had one record out, you know, with the circle and man, we sold, we were selling tickets like crazy. And like Mike said, the, the craziest thing was my Instagram and Facebook and all that. Number one country, you know, Brazil, you know, Sao Paulo, uh, uh, um, Santiago, all the places we were playing were, were more, I had more following there than even in St. Louis, you know, or Chicago or mm. Detroit. It was freaking crazy man it's pretty cool i was really excited about it and i guess i say we're bummed about it but hey listen unless this is the end of the world we'll do it next year or something (laughs) we got to do it well what about the tour what about the tour you had scheduled for america now that as of now is still on i know you're supposed to start in july and i know you originally had white snake on that and then coverdale announced he can't do it he's got some issues some some medical stuff so what's the status of the u.s tour well, Live Nation says until they, until at further notice, they're just leaving things as they are. And uh, but you know, there's a possibility of, of it postponing the first leg, and then we'll look at the se- second leg. The good thing about our tour is we're in three legs. We're we're July, August, September, and so if if July gets canceled or postponed, we move it to September or to October. And then we can start in August. And if that, you know, we can keep stacking it around. Then we get into winter, we'd have to go indoors or something. But listen, I'm going to get out there and play. Otherwise, I'm going to go crazy. And I don't want Mikey breathing down my neck about, hey, Sambo, hey, when are we going out? Hey, hey Sambo, my- when's the next gig? You know that's what I mean? It's only because my wife is breathing down my neck to get my ass out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the only thing that's really crazy, though, now, Eddie, is that I'm start- starting to read in the trades and stuff like that that they, they talk about when everything starts to calm down and people start kind of coming out of the, you know, they're letting people out again or whatever. That, that it might take a while for like the concert business to build back up because a lot of people still might be kind of gun shy, so to speak, to uh, to go to you know go to a concert and be around a bunch of people like that. So and they might kinda, be broke. Kind of crazy thinking about that. And they might be yeah, broke. They might be that's broke. the exactly. other problem yeah, is there's a true, ton of yeah. people without money right now that lost their gigs. I mean, I'm optimistic and I kind of feel like it's all going to bounce back real quick once we can all get going again. But then again, uh, you know, I'm lucky. I've been able to continue to work from home and use a home studio to do my shows or uh-huh. whatever. But yeah, you know, there's a lot of people out there hurting. There's a lot of people that I talk to that plunk down big money to go 
see Rage Against the Machine or something. And uh, at the time, they could afford a grand or two grand. And now, all of a sudden, they not well, they want their refund when things are postponed because they're like they they need the money. And I feel for them. So it's just a it's just a crazy time, and nobody really knows how this is all going to to wrap up. What have you guys been doing in the quarantine, Sammy? Starting with you. I mean, I know you guys wrote a song, which we're going to touch on in a second. But but if you everybody's just been home, are you both in California? Yeah, Mike and I are about 40 minutes apart. Like no, it's not even that. Been, we're probably about, well, shoot, with, 30, with the way traffic is 20. now, probably maybe about 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no traffic. Sam's exactly. just right down the beach from me right now. Yeah, you can get a, a, a but, lot quicker know, around L.A. area right now. Southern California's got to be a breeze on the roads at the moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I haven't yeah. went out for 28 days. I just walk on the beach, or, or you know, that's the most I get out, and I, and I look down. Sam, the beach you told me that you hadn't even been dressed in, in in 28 days, though. You said you didn't even get dressed, but in your pajamas the whole time. I'm I'm in my I'm in my bathing suit and a t-shirt right now with no shoes. That's the way I, I roll every morning. It's my uniform. You know, I'm kind of like one of them guys that has a uniform. I wake up, put on my bathing suit, just thinking, well, maybe it'll get hot and sunny, and I'll go outside. <laughs> and if any and if anybody's seen goes on Sam's Instagram. He just did a nice little tribute to, to, to Bill Rip Withers. Rest in peace, Bill. He just passed away, right? Great. Yeah. And uh, Sam, you shaved. I noticed you shaved. I just... I shaved. And I looked I, at it a couple I, times. I'm like, Sam, you look different. You Mike, got more I fucked up. <laughs> I fucked up. I shaved my beard off, and and I, that sucker hasn't been off for about 20 years. Yeah. And, and it's white under there, brother. I, I Man, I, I, <laughs> I'm looking rough. I'm... I'm hiding out. <laughs> I've grown it back, man. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm like a bum. I, I want to. The next thing I, I might do for Instagram, Eddie, will, will be I might sing the "Comfortably Numb" by by Pink Floyd. But I'm going to go. I have become a bum. <laughs> a comfortable bum. That's that's what I'm becoming, man. It's like this is killing me. I, I don't know what what how I'm going to snap out of it. I'm liking it. You know what I mean? Well, yo, you're liking it. it. You're good. Be you're good being home. You like being stationary. Totally, man. I don't have nothing to do. You know how busy I've been my whole life. I've, I've worked my whole life like a slave, and now all of a sudden I wake up in the morning. Dakari says, "What do you want to do today?" And I go, "Nothing." <laughs> <laughs> Sammy's retired. Finally, it took a pandemic to get the guy to retire. Yeah. <laughs> it's temporary, though. It's temporary. Listen, it's temporary. When this thing blows over, I'll be out there, man, like a <laughs> like a horny dog, man. <laughs> we're ready. Pumping everything. Eddie, oh. Eddie, like you said, we're going to touch on with the, the, the thing that we were doing, uh, you know, the song thing. that We're, we're doing some more of that. You're gonna, you guys are going to see a little bit more of that from us because everybody, you we're know. We're working on one right now. Tell me yeah. about that yeah. funky feng shui. Uh, Michael, that started with you and that yeah. bass line, or where'd that start? Now what? No, I, you know, this was something, Eddie, that we would, we've got a, uh, got a couple of handfuls of things we were jamming backstage that we were eventually going to start working on. Uh, you know, when we were on tour, we would just be jamming this stuff before we would, uh, to warm up. And, uh, this was one of them. And, uh, yeah, it was the last one. We played a San Antonio game. Yeah. yeah. And we just started so jamming pretty, that fun- funky riff, you know, it was pretty, it was pretty fresh in our, in our head. So, you know, Jason, you know, he's lay down a beat Jason to it. He remembered the lick, and you know, Vic added it on, and we just kind of, we just kind of stacked it. I didn't even know what the heck I was going to play. 
Well, it's fun, man. It's a fun, funky little tune. I thought it was great. <laughs> yeah, I, I finished the lyrics, so now we have a third verse and a bridge. And, a bridge, and you know, so. we didn't even think about that at the time. We were just jamming that riff, and it's so cool. I'm going, man, i got to finish this thing up, so I finished the lyrics. But we, it's so funny. The last time we were jamming it in San Antonio backstage, just warm it up. You know, we just jam. We, like, we don't sit there and play songs. Sometimes we do, but we mostly just somebody... Jason will be playing a beat, and Mike will jump in, and I'll start yelling and screaming some stuff. You know, we, that's just what we do, the way we warm up. And then, then, But when we start playing this riff, I thought, I called it Funky Feng Sway, because I'd been making this joke about that, about Funky Feng Sway. And it's where it came from uh, was when you see, like, these really, you know, at the beach here, you see these really gorgeous Southern California girls, man, and they go around with these dogs, right, on a leash on these trails. <laughs> And you're walking on a trail and you see the dog taking a dump and you see the girl putting on the bag over her hand and then bending down and you're walking by and she looks up and goes, hi, you know, <laughs> and she's picking up this big pile of dog shit <laughs> and it cracks me up because I'm going, the way they're doing it, like, the, you know, they got their, their, their postures all nice and it's, so I started calling that some, I said, man, that's some funky funk sway right there, you know. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking you about, get, so I'm laughing. Get, yeah, can, you, can you kind of get like what the video might <laughs> Somebody call Joe, call Joe Satriani's kid right now and tell him you got the concept. Oh, <laughs> oh I already did. He's on done, man. We're ZZ's on it. Thinking about it right now, man. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's fun. You know, this whole lockdown thing, it just created, it brings out a different style of creativity. Is what my favorite part about uh, making that video and for the internet and all this stuff was that we actually did it on our iPhones from our homes and and it was like it didn't cost a penny. If you go into a studio with uh. a band and a crew, it costs you freaking, you know, ten grand a day, you know, and, and you'll come out in a week you know, for forty it costs you twenty, thirty grand to do a real recording and a video and everything else to go with it. And we did it for free on our phones and it's badass. It's like, hey, you don't have to it don't have to be all polished up anymore. You know, it made me feel really comfortable with doing it raw man mike and i were we, we were we've been talking about this since it happened we, you know yeah. going now let's not make these too slick i'm saying hell no you know you know our manager saying we'll get a video crew over you know and i'm going get them fucking guys out of here man we got iphones <laughs> and selfies i'm gonna do my next one in the shower <laughs> yeah, what the thing in the shower what was the mo- <laughs> what so so mike let me ask you this He's Sammy's obviously in semi-retirement and loving it, walking on the beach, watching girls pick up poop. What What have you been doing? <laughs> you, you, I know you you got, you got a boat. That what, don't what, sound right. What? Hold on, this is, that don't sound right. <laughs> it's what you're doing. You wrote a song about it. What, what, oh boy, Michael, what have you, you know been what? doing? What, what's been going on there? Are you taking the boat out? What are you doing? You know what? Well, we, we, we got you know we've got our little electric boat, our little duffy boat. That's kind of like. Uh, stand, you know, standard issue down around here or whatever. We've been on that a couple of times, but it's like, it's a ghost town down here because normally spring break, Newport Beach, California, come on. It's like, you can't even walk two feet without bumping into someone in a bikini or whatever, you know, it's just like crowded and it's, it's a ghost town, but it, it's pretty scary because I'm actually, when I start having now meaningful conversations with Alexa, I got to get out of the house. <laughs> I'm starting to have meaningful conversations with Alexa. Well, well, Mike, hold it. You're not telling. You're not telling the whole story. You're actually talking to Samuel Jackson. If yeah, I remember you know, right, your Alexa's Eddie, got you know Samuel Jackson you, you voice actually, on it. You can actually pull up Samuel L. Jackson 
on your on your Alexa now. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, if you if you dig if you dig far enough, you could actually ask Samuel L. Jackson like what the weather is, or, or you can say good morning to him, and uh, you flip a switch, and he'll talk. He'll do Pulp Fiction for you. I got to tell you, <laughs> I got to tell you. Speaking about sound, you know, because we were joking at the top of this about three of us trying to figure out how to do a conference call. I, I'm going to sound like the old guy here now because I got to tell you. I got one of those Alexa things. I pull the plug on it constantly. I'm freaked out having that thing on. My kids always turn it on. I walk by, I yank the cord right out of it. I don't. I feel like it's monitoring me, man. I don't like that thing on. I'm afraid of it. Hey, someone's listening to you. You remember a little while back on the news, some kid was on it, and, and all of a sudden some voice goes, or, or I, I don't know if it was one of those Alexa. Oh, no, that was the ring uh, security thing. What happened? Well, you know, the uh, security camera where, where some lady's doing housework and all of a sudden some, she hears a voice go, hey, baby, how you doing today? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Coming, That's coming, funky through, coming through that. But, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it's kind of, I mean, over at my house, there's, you know, they can monitor my family all they want. They're not going to get anything <laughs> that they can use for anything from, well, from over here. <laughs> well, I can't say the same. I can't say the same, but I can say that at least Alexa listens to me. My wife don't. She's <laughs> the only person in my house that listens to me, so I, I love the bitch. <laughs> oh, hey, the good thing you guys live in a big house over there because I think the guys will be, uh, if Tari hears any of this, you guys will be living on one end of the house. There's a lot of, there's a lot of friends that we have that, in, that are musicians that they got a big itch to get out right now, and it's not so much because they can't wait to play music again. It's because they got to get the hell out of their house. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well, I'm horny to play. I must admit, I, I hope to God that things settle down and it's safe because I, I don't think Mike and I and any of the guys in the band would would want to go out in a dangerous situation right. and have people contact, you know, get sick at one of our concerts. I'd break my heart. Uh, so, you know, I just want this thing to go away and, you know, get a vaccine or whatever needs to have, have to happen. But this lockdown thing, like I said, for a guy that's been, man, you know, on the road and, and, and traveling the world my whole life, it's like sitting home, it ain't so bad for me, man. I'm just sitting here going, well, I mean, I hope it don't last too much longer, but uh, don't so start knitting any you know? sweaters or anything, Sam, because, you know, <laughs> no, we're going to be out I'm, back out there. I'm writing lyrics, and I'm cooking, and I'm I'm doing some pleasurable things, and I'm, I'm I don't know, it, it seems like it's a, a good reflective time for me. It, it, on a serious note, it kind of has made me wonder, you know, think about what I really want to do. Like, okay, what if, when the curtain opens up, you know, how are you going to present yourself now? You know, it, it sounds crazy, but uh, just having the complete downtime and not having to, um, you know, perform is an interesting thing for me. And, and, and that's it. I don't know, not going out in public, all those things. It's like maybe that's like these recluse artists, you know, when you see them and they're all weird all the time, you know. It's like you go, man, that guy gets on stage, he's weird. It's because, you know, he's a recluse and he gets out there and he's uncomfortable. I feel like I might even be uncomfortable on stage, you know, if I, if I hit out there tomorrow morning. You know, I'd be like, wow, ooh, man, I still know what to do here. But, you know, you know, probably like riding a bike or having sex. You know, you, it all comes back, right? But, but you know, I never thought, yeah, but, you know, I, so. I, I never thought about this. For, I never thought about this for either of you guys from a musician standpoint, right? Of course, I'm not a musician. I've do, I, I'm on the road a lot, but nothing like a touring musician is. But I never thought about this. For for each of you guys, I mean, this, Sammy, for you, this is probably like the first time in almost, 
50 years that you didn't have that cycle like it's it's even it's not your choice you can't do anything i've never thought about it from your perspective it's like it's got to be almost sort of weird same with you michael i mean there's always the next thing there's always the record the tour the interview the this the that the the schedule coming up right now everything's a big question especially especially with the circle because even like van halen we would do like a cycle and then there would there there would be you know not much but there would be some downtime you know where everybody kind of off with the circle it's kind of like a continuous thing right tim i mean we're we're, we're always doing something we're working on something or if we're not touring uh, we might play a corporate show here or there, you know, but, you know, we're always doing something. It's not like all of a sudden we just stop and nobody talks to anybody for like two months, three months or whatever, which is really cool, actually. Yeah, the circle was put together to be a, a, a live band. We didn't even plan on making a record. It took seven years or something to make a record because we had such a great catalog from our you know, our history uh, of songs to play. So we, we put we that band was formed to be a live concert touring band. And we, not that we did that many tours, but we played a couple shows every month. Like that's the way we did it. We'd say, let's just go out and do a few shows. Everybody horny. Yeah, let's, we got offered a private and we got, let me go play St. Louis. We can go play Detroit and then, you know, just, just play three shows. But we did it every month. We had at least two or three shows yeah. and, and it kept us alive and every, you know, kept the crew alive. And we, you know, it was just a cool way to do it. We, we completely reinvented the game for ourselves. And, and then now, and so it made you keep my voice in shape. It made me go into my studio at least three days a week and, and just jam on guitar and scream and yell to keep my chops up. And everybody else did the same thing. So we, we, but now it's like, I don't have any reason to go scream and yell and keep my chops up and, or nothing. Like you said, Eddie, it's weird. I have nothing to do. It's like, well, what do you want to do today? Well, I don't know. What's there to do? Well, we can walk on the beach. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's it. And it, it's, it's cool. It's interesting. I'm reevaluating a lot of stuff in my head, but not. It's not like it's going to change me that much. But I really do think this is going to change me. How I don't know, but uh, I'll probably be uh, just as horny when I hit the stage. <laughs> I'll probably get out and run around in circles. I don't know, but right now it's a little scary. Uh, if I had a show next week, I'd be going, "Fuck, man!" You know, I don't know if I'm ready. You know what I mean? It's mm. Trippy. I don't know how Mike feels about that, but. Mikey, you know, he's yeah, you know me. I'm ready. Bad. I'm ready to go at the drop of a hat. Yeah. That's what I'm I was going to say. But you know, but that's what Eddie. Run. But that's what that's what's really cool. That uh, and I know a lot of other musicians are doing the same thing. You know, on social media or whatever. But it's kind of cool that we're doing this. That we did that the one song, and now we and we decided, hey, let's do some more of this because it's a way for us all, and obviously another way for us all to keep in communication with each other, and you know, and, and work on some music and. And, you know, who knows, you know, we'll throw in a couple of cover songs. We'll, you know, just kind of keep it out there. And it's cool for the fans, too, because I know they're they're probably horny to go to a concert or, you know, going nuts with that, too. So you're going to do more songs. Yeah, you guys are going to make more, you do more songs in the way you did Funky Feng Shui. You're going to do some more? Yep, we're working on yeah. one right now. Jason already did his drums. It's a cover, but we ain't going to tell you the name of it yet. But it's, uh, Jason was the first one. It was his idea. You know, we just mm-hmm. started. We started texting and emailing and getting on the phone with each other and saying, well, what do you want to do next? Well, I said, well, what about one of that song we worked on backstage, that other idea? And, and Jason says, how about this? And he sends a, a track with him playing drums on it. We said, oh, fuck yeah. So he just, uh, so Vic's got it now. And Mike, I think, no, Mikey's got it. Vic's yeah, I got, got it now. I was in my car and see, you know, if I wasn't talking to you guys right now, I'd be getting some stuff done on that, but you know. <laughs> that's a good excuse, Mike. I mean, but, but, you know, and it's cool, you know, Eddie. It's not like we're doing the whole song either. It's just going to be, you know, 
couple couple yeah. of minutes or whatever. But you know, it's and then uh, then we'll we'll get onto something else. I mean, it's as so, long as as long as this is going on where we can't get out, but and and the lot this and, band is so cool because because we got we've got such a high level musicianship in this band that we can bite off any damn song. It's it's so crazy, you know. You know, like Jason's like he's one of these guys. He knows every song that's ever been played on the drums. Uh, he knows Britney Spears songs. He knows <laughs> freaking you know Maroon Five. He, he he. I mean, you you can't name a song that he don't know how to play. And uh, so he's a, he's an instigator, but it, it cracks me up how how, how deep uh, musically this band is. That when Jason says, "Hey man, you remember this song?" And he starts playing something by, you know, KC and the Sunshine Band or, or or his favorite, the Bee Gees. Okay, he's always playing Bee Gees stuff, and and it, everybody backstage can just chime in. Next thing you know, we're going, "Wow, we did that song pretty good," you know. <laughs> so we're gonna have some fun with that on the internet, you know. Hey, so so let me ask you guys uh, the the last thing on that tour. Assuming it happens, and we all hope it does, are you going to replace White Snake, or are you going to just go out with you guys? And I think it was Night Ranger. How, how have you looked at what what you're going to do there? No, we want to. We definitely want to replace Night yeah. State, uh, White Snake with somebody on that level. Uh, we've never the circle like we've always done evening with, and even me with the Wobbles. You know, with Van Halen, we never put together a big package, you know, like, whoa, you know, that's going to be a big show. And uh, so we were looking forward to doing this and, you know, playing for 15, 20,000 people every night. But uh, so we, we kind of got geared up in our heads for that. And production wise, the production we designed for it. So we we're yeah, we're definitely looking for the right act to fill that spot. And if we couldn't find someone, uh, then, you know, maybe we would tone it down i don't know i'm not sure what would do I, I, I'm, i've got my my fingers crossed that we will find yeah at this, at this point we are looking for someone else though does anybody blown yeah. a call into david lee roth i heard he's doing stuff again <laughs> <laughs> is that Maybe all you should call him is that all Maybe i'm gonna you know, well sammy you invited him to <laughs> high tide you you reached out to him for well, high tide i know michael told me he was did, thinking about was- going to see him yeah, but that was before the, we saw the Vegas thing, man. Whoa, whoa, man. That changed everything. Man. Dude, what, what? I, know, I guess I have to call, I have to call uh, Gene or Paul and ask how he, he was doing with them, you know? Well, it, by every measure, it, look, in fairness to him, I'll say this. In every single person I talked to who saw that him on the, the tour with Kiss versus the headlines early stuff in Vegas, they all said it got way, way better. Uh, he, he tightened oh. it up way better, but Michael, you never went. Did you, you were talking to me about when I saw you in, uh, in Punta Cana, I think it was wherever we were, you were talking about maybe yeah, going you know to what? Vegas. Yeah, I, was, I was thinking about seeing him at the Vegas show, but I think Sam, that's when we, I think we were playing in, uh, uh, we, we ended up, we were doing a, a private somewhere. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't San Antonio. <laughs> it was somewhere, somewhere we were doing a private. Oh, uh, Hawaii. Oh, okay. Ooh, what? I Hawaii, so I, I, I opted to oh, that's right. drive it in Hawaii. Yeah, 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 we were in Hawaii, which was yeah. great. Oh, man, you want to talk about it. When you go do a private <laughs> gig, you get overpaid. You get overpaid. They only want you to play like an hour, you know, and they have to pull the plug on you on us. You know, it's like, well, wait, you guys, hey, hey, you, you, this party's over. <laughs> no, we got a couple more songs. And then you go lay on the beach for a week. Man, that was awesome. So no Sam and Dave reunion tour. Uh, that's not that's not well, in the cards. Listen, well, that's what it was. That's what uh, Coverdale and I, that's what we were calling it. We were calling it the Sam and Dave tour. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we tried it. But 
<laughs> now the diamond. Hey, listen, Eddie. You, you know you're good friends with him. No, I, I'm I not. Hear. I don't know no, him at all. <laughs> I swear to God, I don't know well, him at all. You brought it up. Oh. Maybe you should give him a call and see if he wants to do the tour with us. You know, I brought it up just because you said you need another band, and I know he's, he's out there doing stuff. I thought it was a decent idea. Come on, Eddie, get, you know, we'll give you a piece of the action. Once I once I called out his backing vocals for being canned, I don't think he's going to take my call right now. No, no, that was the best part of that show, anyway. But <laughs> the canned vocals. <laughs> His backing, vo- his backing vocals do sound kind of familiar to me. Are they you, Michael? I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. <laughs> we got to leave Diamond alone, man. He's not, At least he's out there trying to get something going, man. It's like, you know what I mean? You got to give him a little bit of love. So Yeah. Well, yeah hey, m- maybe he's the guy. Maybe he, if he was good, if, if, they, if he tightened it up a little bit on the kiss thing that would be a good show that'd be would be a night of a lot of good music that's for sure yeah i wasn't i was not songs. joking with that i mean I, I i think it would be i mean it would be great i mean i everybody said it got way better his band got better he got better he stopped uh, you his know his band was good his band was all right they 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 weren't a problem yeah yeah you so know? i don't know <laughs> there's been crazier well, ideas I mean, hey, there have been actually when when dave and i did the t- the Sam and Dave tour years and years ago before the Van Halen first reunion and and Mikey came out with us with the Wobbles and all that. That was a very successful tour. I mean, you know, we did huge numbers in uh, all them buildings and, it, you know, it just got ugly. If it would have been friendly, it would have been even better, but mm-hmm. it wasn't friendly. That's the only reason why I wouldn't want to tour with the guy again because he's just not user-friendly, you know? Michael, no, <laughs> no, no, uh, no, no new developments on your end in the whole Van Halen world? Still radio silence there? It's all written. It's crickets, Eddie. Yeah, crickets right now. Yeah, you know, I, about yeah, a month right. about a month ago, I was in. Last time I was in L.A. about a month ago, I went to an Alter Bridge show, and who's standing right next to me in the hallway? But Wolfie. Oh. And uh, yeah, him and Mark Tremonti are buddies. Yep, and I, I said hello that. to I had said hello hello to him because I've met him a few times. Really nice guy. We had a nice, very brief just chat. How you doing? And you know, he's got this record. He's got his own record ready to go, and 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 he wants to put it out. And I I, I think the reason why it's probably being held is he knows if he goes out and does press stuff on the record, everyone's going to ask him about Van Halen. And to me, the smartest thing would be if Van Halen goes out. And his band opens, and you go in and play bass. You know, I mean, that would make sense, but I nobody knows what the hell is really going on. It's like the cloak of silence around that band. Yeah, yeah, well, they got, they got themselves in some kind of bubble, Eddie. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. I heard, I heard uh, some stuff of Whoopies on his Instagram. Just little pieces of music. It's fucking good. Yeah, everyone said it's really good. And it's, there's no question about it, man. He's, yeah, I heard it too. Yeah, yeah. Drums and everything. I mean, you know, the guy's a little. You know, fuck. Look at you know. Look what he listened to his whole life. You know, as growing up, the music that he was hearing was on a very high level. So you know, it, it could be really a good record. He should put it put together a band and get out there. But none of us can right now. So you know, he's in the same shoes as all of us. So yeah, you know, I yeah. Guess when the no doubt when the world either ends or or doesn't, <laughs> we'll all get back to it. You know? <laughs> And, and Michael, have you seen these videos online that are of the early, like there's a, there's a guy in Fresno out of Fresno, California. He's been posting videos. They're kind of bootleg videos, but man, they're amazing of, of you guys, Van Halen first tour opening for Black Sabbath and then the tour for Van Halen two. And I mean, you know, I was too young to have seen the band then. 
but my god it's on it's crazy and i can't even yeah. imagine i don't know if you've seen those bootlegs They're, it's called like fresno media the guys putting them on youtube everyone's talking about them and hey, john they, i'll have to look at that i haven't I haven't, I haven't seen his but i have lately been seeing some of the, of the early ones you know obviously the, the the quality's not all that good as the way it's presented but uh I'll send you the links. Yeah. It's incredible. As a fan, I was so happy. You know, obviously people don't want bootleggers and all that, but I got to tell you, as a fan, I was so happy that somebody snuck a camera in there in 1978 and documented that because there's just, there's no great early video of you guys playing live. And to have that in, in the way it is, is amazing. It, it, it blew my mind. I mean, I don't know where this guy's getting it from, but it's, it's incredible that it exists. Well, Eddie, you know it, it's got someone's got to have it. It's out there. But I, I know as far as coming from Van Halen, now Eddie and Alex, they never they never wanted to do anything like that. You know, it's like they they would always take the kind of like, uh, well, let's be kind of a mysterious band, kind of like Led Zeppelin. You know, what would Led Zeppelin do? You know, would they put that do, do something like that? You know, and so and so, unfortunately, we never really documented anything like that. Where whereas God, everything Sammy and I with it, we've been doing ever since Chickenfoot. It. I think that's great, though, you know, to be able to have a camera, a camera in there, even if you never use it, you know, just for a home movie. But you know, we've got we've got some great footage, even back, you know, with the chickenfoot stuff. Yeah, from the day I from the day I was unceremoniously thrown out of Van Halen, I said I I wanted to be more like the Grateful Dead, and I I never had any rules where you couldn't bring cameras or recording devices into a show for the wobbles, all the mirrors for the circle. People are welcome. They can have it. And we're playing for them. They can document it. I think that's a beautiful thing, just like the Grateful Dead. There isn't a show that the Dead have ever done that isn't well documented from the fans and, and uh, bootleg videos and stuff. And and honestly, I dig the old bad quality. There's something yeah. more magic about that than when you see the super high-def stuff now. It's too clean, and it doesn't come off as rock and rolling down. And yeah, you, you know, it like wasn't that. doctored up with a bunch of, you know, people go in and they do other post-production stuff, or they, you know, they enhance it or whatever. And back then, it was just, this is what it was Man. shot on, and that's it. That's it. Well, it kind makes you blurry. feel, yeah, but it makes you feel like you're actually in the show because if you were in mm -hmm. that seat, that's what you'd be seeing and hearing. Like even on these clips, and I'll send them to you, Michael, when we hang up. There, yeah, there, send me the link. There's a guy like you know he stands up during one part in somebody's solo, and you hear the guy behind him yelling, him, "Sit down, sit down!" And it's like you know it's annoying <laughs> that he's blocking the camera, but that's what you know that put me right in that yeah, seat. That's real watching yeah. that show. I mean, it was just like man, that, that's really cool and. And another thing that connects that you guys can both speak on, I don't know if you heard about this, but I've read it already. Ted Templeman has an, his autobiography coming out, and uh, he talks yeah, glowingly he, he about both of you. I don't know if you had a chance to read it yet, but it's coming out soon. No, I haven't read it yet. But Yeah, Ted said that some guy that, that wrote it, uh, Ted's quote to me was uh, two weeks ago. Uh, I said, yeah, we call him T.T., uh, I said, T.T., what the hell, man? I said, you got a book coming out? I just heard about that. He goes, yeah. He said, it's great. He says, you know, and no, he said, it's, it's, uh, he didn't say it was great. He said, he said, it's kind of weird. He said, you know what? The guy that wanted to write it, I guess he wrote a Van Halen book. No, you know that. what? Uh, Eddie, Eddie, is that, that, is that Greg Renoff? Greg Renoff. Greg who wrote Van Halen Rising. Yeah. He, he yeah, co-wrote it. Yeah. He did the Van Halen Rising. Yeah. 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 He said the guy, he said, the guy did okay. He goes, but I should have, I should have proofread it a little more. He said, now that it's done, he's going to read it a couple of times. And he goes, ah, you know, I cringe a little bit. So whatever that means, I guess he may have said some things he didn't want to say, but Ted's a, 
he's more private than than Ed now put together, man. <laughs> Ted, he's that's a recluse right there, man. He's a, a genius producer, but I got to tell guy. you, I, I got to tell you, I read the book start to finish, and uh, I didn't. I mean, my gosh, especially by Van Halen standards, with some of the other things that have come out. I mean. Uh, I I didn't think no, but I'm, Sammy, I'm not even talking about your book. I'm talking about Noel Monk's book and all this other stuff. I I don't I didn't think that there was any. The only sort of real real drama that really comes up in the book. Well, well, first of all, he talks, which isn't the first time this has been talked about, about the fact that he wanted Sammy you to be in the band from the get go. Like he really wanted to replace Roth with you, but that's been out there that's a so bunch. Crazy. And you ne- that yeah, that never got this. that never got on your radar back in the, in the seventies, right, Sam? No, it didn't. Uh-uh. Michael, how Absolutely serious didn't. how serious were those those conversations no, I, with the band? Oh, I I remember they 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 didn't get serious to the point to where obviously any calls were made or whatever. But yeah, I mean, uh, I remember Ted, you know, talking to especially Eddie and Al and myself about it, you know. Because because even because even back then we were telling Ted, oh man, make us sound big and bad like that first Montrose record, right? You know we, and uh, well, I'll tell you what, when 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 I was, I had finished my VOA record, I can't drive fifty five record with Ted Templeman, he produced it, right? And we were working on the next record, and I came home from the tour, you know, and uh, all that stuff, and from the VOA tour, and I was writing in my head, I was writing for. Uh, for the next record with Ted and we were talking every day, you know, like, Hey man, you got any new song? Oh, I got this idea. And, and I said, you know, I just want to take my time. And, and I was really kind of looking to take a big break. And then Ted tells me, uh, calls me and says, wow, I just, uh, found out for, it's, it's a hundred percent true that Dave left the band. Right. He, Ted told me that on the telephone, I was sitting right at my dinner table. I looked at my wife and I went, wow, put my eyebrows up. And I said, they're going to call me. I said that to her. And I told Ted that I said, I said, you watch, they're going to fucking call me. And <laughs> within two days, Ed called me. It was just completely, you know, very psychic. But when I said that to Ted, he would have had the opportunity to say, yeah, you should have been in the band from the beginning or, you know, whatever. But he, he never said that to me. The whole time I worked with him for, you know, six, seven months to get, you know, on the VOA record and, and on the, the, the next record that never happened. Uh, as I joined Van Halen, and he uh, he never ever brought that up to me that that I, I was the uh, even thought about that. So what what he said, he's a private guy. Yeah, but what what he says is that the what where he starts out feeling that way because of the let's just say vocal limitations. He he then mm-hmm. he does he then does a, a total one eighty on Roth as he starts working with them because he then says in the book he felt like uh, lyrically. And from a delivering standpoint, it turned out to be exactly what he was wanting in the band. So where he really, it started out being like, we need a guy who can sing. And then it, it, after he started working with him and he saw what he was writing lyrically and how it fit the music, he's like, no, we actually, this, this guy actually is the perfect guy. So he does a big turn oh, was great. on him. And the other thing that's fascinating about it, and you guys can tell me if you agree with this, especially you, Michael, you were in the band at the time, but he says, uh-huh. he says that, he feels where everything went off the rails with Eddie was when Eddie opened 5150. He said because that felt like at that time he was left to his own devices and he could be locked in there. He tells a story about not even being, being able to get the tapes from uh, for the 1984 album. He said he had a fight with Don Landy to get the tapes because those guys just locked themselves away and nobody knew what was going on. He physically couldn't even get in there. 
So he said that the whole yeah, to him the whole thing that. was he built this he once he built fifty one fifty he said that's when things really that's what the problems began. Well, he yeah he you know and he built his sanctuary there you know and uh, and like and like you said I mean that's totally true he he would lock himself up there him and Don Landy we wouldn't see them for weeks at a time they'd be in the studio who knows what was going on but. <laughs> Well, well, we well we kind of knew what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, those were the days, man. You know, it's so crazy the the, the thought of of uh, Eddie building his own little studio like that and, put, and making a, a record like 1984. That was a great record, man. I don't care what anybody says. When I heard here here's Sammy Hagar saying this, right? When I heard fucking jump on the radio, I went, holy shit, man. Like, this is it. These guys have got a real pop hit, and they're not a pop band by any friggin' means, but it's like, you know, it's so rare when a band as rowdy and as, as hard rock and, and edgy as Van Halen was to have a hit like that. Sammy, when I first hit. heard it, I as a fan, I said, oh, shit, but for you a totally different reason. <laughs> I know, but, but that's the... And by but, the way... I'm looking at it like... But you we know, all wanted all of us hard rockers. You know, Ted Nugent, myself, and all these kind of guys. We wanted a freaking pop hit, you know, without copping out. And that was a damn good job of it, right there. I don't care what anybody. I'll argue any Van Halen fan to the ground on this one, man. That was brilliant. But it's and, it, yeah. And I'll tell you. Go ahead, Mike. I'll tell you. Alone. That, that's that's kind of like when Dave started getting a little put off because you know originally when I remember. We were in the studio and uh, Ed Allen and I were were kind of jamming on the idea for Jump. And Dave, the first time he came in there and saw Eddie playing the uh, the, the keep the piano and uh, the you know the synth and whatever, and he saw whoa whoa wait wait no 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 you know. Well, and, Templeman uh, Templeman you know, says it, in the book he was totally against it. He to this day he was against it too. Yeah, well, because I thought you know Eddie, you're a guitar guy. Yeah, you know, he said not, to this day, jump and I'll wait. He he can't. He knows it was a huge success, but he he can't he can't reconcile it. He's he's the same way with me as as a fan. He's he's got a he's got a hard time with it, even though it was you know a huge success. Yeah, the only the only way they even they they, they were even on board when we did uh, the Cradle Will Rock was because Ed played it through this little shitty Wurlitzer electric piano through a stack of Marshalls. And a lot of people didn't even think it sounded like a keyboard. They I didn't, didn't think it was a keyboard. I had no idea you know? it was a keyboard. Yeah. I never, until yeah, I started reading cool interviews, and had no idea that was a no, keyboard. when I saw that Eddie, uh, a genius guitar player, as good as he was, that he could play keyboards that well, it, to me, I was impressed. As a musician, I went, this cat is badass, man. This guy, can, you know, he's a real deep musician. It just changed my whole attitude about that band. We jumped, and like I said, it wasn't like it was my favorite song. I just knew that it was a smash. I just knew that that yeah. thing was going to cross Van Halen over to a whole different thing. And up until that point, I felt competitive with them. You know, I was out there. We're playing the same buildings. You know, we both sell out, and you know, it's, there was like a, com- a competition kind of going on a little bit. You know, in the earlier days of that, and and, and we did sh- even did shows together, some of them stadium shows early on mm-hmm. with Black Sabbath and and Boston. And uh, anyway, so but a long story short, when, when jump, that was it. I said, "Whoop, boom, game over." These guys have done hit the big time, and you know, I know the the hardcore people. I, I read about it all the time, and I hear about it all the time. But truthfully, that was a brilliant 
pops up. But wait, really. but, and, well, and I, I'm not. Heavy. Well, I won't, I won't, I won't keep you guys forever because I know I know Sammy's got to go watch the girls walk the dogs. But I got I just let me, let me just, let me just <laughs> this is fascinating to me. So wait, so Sammy loves it. I'm I'm a hardcore fan kid working in a record store. I'm like, oh my god, what just happened to my band? Michael, you're in the band when you first hear it and start recording it. Where did you sit on Jump? I I loved it because actually, you know, just coming, you know, from a musician standpoint, you know, it was it was different. It was fresh and it was different than than what we had been doing. And I guess maybe that's just, you know, when a band's a band's growing or you know hopefully growing that they, that, you know, they're not doing the same thing over and over and over again. And I know that's like you said, that Ted Templeman, what he didn't like when Ed built the studio, because when he built the studio and, you know, first thing he did was put a, put a big piano in there and whatever. And then that's when the music was starting to change from, you know, from what we had been doing on previous records, you know, where it was more just kind of raw, totally guitar oriented. But I liked yeah. it. I liked it myself because it was different. It was it was new and it was different. And Sammy, it was one of the few songs. It was one of the few songs that, that you did from that era when you were in the band, right? That's because it was such a damn big hit, man. We, yeah, we did everybody it. wanted to hear it. Yeah, you, it had to be done, you know. And it wasn't like say it wasn't my favorite song to sing and all that. You know, lyrically it was kind of silly. It just was so good. It was such a fun, ha- make you smile, happy pop song from coming from a dark, heavy rock band. It was brilliant. That's all I could say. And I didn't like uh, the the, uh, the other song you're talking. About, I'll wait. I didn't like I'll wait. To me, that was that just that just, just that wasn't Van Halen. But now, so let me now. I'm going to justify my whole trip. Finally, I get my piece. I get my soapbox here. Everyone blamed <laughs> me for the for the friggin' keyboard playing in and on the Van Hagar era. You know, starting with fifty one fifty and OU eight one two. We went very keyboard, you know, oriented. I didn't do any of that. That's what Eddie did. Eddie wanted to do that. He liked playing keyboards, and he was freaking good at it, and he wrote these beautiful songs like When It's Love and stuff like that, and Why Can't This Be Love? That is such a cool lick. I mean, it, it's like, I yeah, was... Yeah, once, once, once Ed got, got in, really got into the keyboard thing, he barely picked up his guitar for a long time, I remember. Oh, man. You okay, know, he'd, so be, he'd be just playing it, keyboards all the time. So it wasn't like I'm sitting here saying, hey, man, let's do some more keyboard songs. I'm sitting here saying, what do you got, Ed? He said, well, I got this. I'm going, wow, that's great. I can sing to it because I can sing to any damn thing. So I'd start singing that, and we'd go, "Oh man, this is so cool!" And of course, Valerie would come in and, val- and validate it. You know, <laughs> she was she would come in when her when she heard you know Love Walks In, she just going, "Oh my God!" You know, and Eddie's going, "Oh man, my wife's happy, so I'm happy," and I'm going, "Well, I'm happy," and and you know, we had success and all that. But I I kind of always got blamed for the keyboard songs. It was not me whatsoever. I'm a damn guitar player. Every time I would pick up. You know, like for Finish What You Started or something like that. When I would instigate a song, it was a guitar song because I don't play keyboards. So, you know, it, was, it wasn't like, it wasn't me. I just I just went along with what we had. And if it wouldn't have been good, I wouldn't have went along with it. I'd have said, this sucks, <laughs> you know. But it didn't. You know, the, matter, the, the, the part that's most impressive to me is how, what a good keyboard player Eddie Van Halen is. He's got a left hand on a freaking keyboard that's as good as, as, picking Bootsy Collins on the bass, man. I mean, you know, he's funky with that left hand. And, um, you know, listen to When It's Love, man. It's like, poof. That's, no, that's a really badass left hand lick. I, As a lifelong fan of, of Van Halen and of your, Sammy, your solo stuff before you joined the band, I never, 
ever thought that was coming from you. The way I read that was, because anybody with a brain in their head, all they had to do was listen to 1984. You hear jump, you hear I'll wait. Okay, Eddie's wanting to go in that direction as a musician. And now here comes this guy in Sammy Hagar who can sing the shit out of anything. And now he's got a voice that can sing the phone book and make it sound good. And now it's really going to open the floodgates for him to want to go down that road and be more musical because he's got a guy that could deliver a vocal for it. That was my take on it. You know, Eddie, no wonder you're a genius. No wonder you're still in the business. No wonder you never got thrown out of the business. Hell, you know what you're yeah, talking you know, about, bro. Also, to that point, you know, everything that got written, you know, was, it was all based off a guitar riff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And Dave would scream, they would start, you know, hooping and uh, hollering and <laughs> over the, over the top of it, you know? And, and when, and when Sammy joined the band, it changed that dynamic a lot too, because also with Sammy being a, a guitar player and understanding music and chord structure and all that stuff, you know? Yeah. 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 Kind of, just got a little bit of along too. Yeah. Well, look, I don't but, want to keep you guys well, forever, man. I could because I wait could... a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You keep saying yeah, that, Eddie, Eddie and then you start some new ass conversation. Well, this I want to give you, an, I want to been... give you an opportunity to plug your respective stuff, Sammy. With you, you've got. Uh, I know you got another season of Rock and Roll Road Trip coming, right? Well, season five, yeah, we got a few good things there. My favorite one of of the the um, season five so far that's in the can, you know, they haven't, I think they start at the end of this month, but uh, was Ted Nugent. I went to Ted Nugent's oh. freaking ranch or whatever you want to call it, his hunting lodge or whatever hell it is. Compound. And brother, we had a day that was unbelievable. That guy is a, he, that, he is something else. Man. I, I love like, Ted. There was no. Okay, Sam, what, Sam, what happened? I, I saw the commercial for it and it showed a little clip. And he's, uh, Ted standing there. And you're shooting his bow and arrow, and I hear this, whoa! And then they cut it. What happened? What happened when you shot the bow well, and arrow? Well, I pulled up a little bit, and it kind of... <laughs> it went over the target I was shooting at. Yeah. And, and there were, like, people in the... <laughs> Into the side of a neighbor's house? Or well, no, there ain't no neighbors, let me tell you. No, he's got a thousand acres or something. But, but no, no, but there were, like, some workers that shit back there. <laughs> <laughs> and I I pulled up and missed the damn target, you know. So that we had a pretty pretty trajectory. We had to yell, "Not four. You know, that's for golf, man. I don't know what you call for bow and arrows, man. But it was like three, I guess. Three. <laughs> but no, it was it was an amazing thing. Ted is so intense. He's so for real. Yeah. He's not uh, a, an actor. He's not bullshitting. He's not an act. That is the real deal. That guy right there. And man, it was quite the day. He wore me the fuck out. Don't tell Sammy. Place, I said, man, I need it. Sammy, don't you what? feel don't you feel that Ted is unbelievably underrated as a musician and overlooked in a lot of ways? I know he's got oh, strong views yeah. as a you know whether it's politics, hunting, whatever. All that aside, purely for what he's done in his career and as a musician, as a guitar player, the records he made, I, I think he's unbelievably overlooked. He plays a, a version with me sitting in a chair, and Vic Johnson was with me to testify he sat down with his guitar and, and through this little amp in his living room and he started playing stranglehold holy shit it sounded like a 50 piece band yeah. by himself he's got a feel i mean he's badass man i mean he's crazy as a loon so you know makes people <laughs> you know he, he pisses people off he says crazy shit that makes you say ted don't say that I, even on my <laughs> show he, I, I, let me tell you one part that ain't in there he said at the end of the day I didn't realize this. 
he goes, okay, we're all done, right? I said, yeah, we're done filming. He goes, okay, good. Now, here, I, I'm going to make you, you know, some dinner. And he took me in the backyard. He had just shot a deer, oh. skinned it down, had it hanging by its freaking feet, you know. And he was going to cut, a, and he had a barbecue out there ready to go. And he was going to cut a big chunk of meat off and, and cook it for me right there on for for the cameras. I said, Dad, we ain't going to put that on my show. <laughs> I love you to death, but we ain't going to put this on the show. He's for real. I yeah, mean, I know. you know, he's... He, he, I mean, and he's badass. Like I said, this cat can play guitar, and it's like you know he's he can get sloppy because he probably don't practice and stuff. But his feel, man, you know, he's always talking about James Brown. Yeah, he's he's like that. He's the white James Brown on with his right hand. Same thing. He's got this badass right hand for rhythm. And man, when he was playing Stranglehold, dude, I was Vic and I are going, holy shit! <laughs> there it is, man. You know, you don't need a drummer and a bass player, man. It's just he, he was really, really good. So yeah, season five coming out. It's gonna be fun. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, buddy, uh, buddy, uh, buddy, uh, uh, that's all. For, oh, oh, wait a minute. There's a lady out there with a the bag in her hand. Hey, I gotta go. Uh, huh, huh. <laughs> well, real, real oh, it's quick. a German Shepherd too. <laughs> oh. oh, I got you. And what about this Vegas residency thing I heard floating around out there? Are you still trying to oh, do well, that? Well, Vegas is shut. I know, when but when it starts up, up again, gonna do you're going to do a yeah, monthly, yeah, or know, what are you going to do? I don't know. You know, the the circle. We, you know, we're like, say, we're just kind of. Uh, we can do anything we want. So, so I, I was thinking, yeah, monthly. Maybe we just play a weekend a month and invite friends, just like the just like the birthday bash. Kind of throw the birthday bash every, you know, every the last weekend yeah. of every yeah, don't, month. Don't 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 uh, don't let out any of the details. But it's gonna it, it's gonna be a very cool thing. It'll be it'll be almost a, like a full day hang. Plus, then we're gonna play. So kind yeah, of like, Mike, a, one day, Mike, yeah, sort of like a one day, sort of like a one day festival. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, you know, just kind of an environment. We're going to create an environment. Spend a day with the circus, yeah. yeah. All right. Like, just like you would just be like a, a, a day in the life. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, so, yeah, we're going to build it out and, and make it look like a specific thing so that when you walk in, you're going to be transported. And and that's the idea. Instead of just doing a residency, that's one thing. But, no, we want to make it like a weekend of like, wow, this is so cool, and bring friends and jam with us and, you know, sit in, just like the birthday bash, you know. I want to I want to create that, recreate that fun thing, because it's so much fun, the birthday bash, having all them people that come down every year. You know, that, that, that changed my life for musically. It's like Mike and I, I mean, when we look, if you, we made a list. I couldn't even tell you off the top of my head how many people have, you know, in the business have come down and jammed with us for the birthday bash over the years. And that's one of the most special things musically in my life. Like I've said, if I if I had one thing I just would do for the rest of my life, it would be that. I would just say, let me just go on stage at the Cabo Wobble and just play with a bunch of different people, with my friends and so my any, So anybody who's been down to the birthday bash, that's the type of vibe, the type of, of experience you, you can say that we're going to create down there. Yeah, we're going to try to create something like that in its in its own way and just make it every weekend i mean every in every month or whenever have people just say oh no we're going what are you doing this oh we're going to vegas man for the for the party <laughs> you know <laughs> you never know who's going to be there and who you who knows you might see eddie trunk there even oh i love vegas i love you guys uh, i'll live there man i'll be there i'll be your host i'll be your host toastmaster eddie when people walk the, in eddie, we know you go where the tequila is eddie oh go i go tequila, i right? say i had one good night with sammy up at, at the cabo wabo years ago in uh at the vegas yeah. stop 
You set me up yes, at that top did. little area, and then Sammy does, what do they call that, the Irish goodbye when you disappear without saying goodbye just because you just, poof, he just evaporates? <laughs> oh, it's an Irish goodbye? Is that what, what it is? What they, I've heard that called the Irish goodbye where you just uh, you just suddenly just disappear without going around and saying all the goodbyes, and then you just get a text later. <laughs> hey, man, you, have fun with the rest of the stuff I left you. I'm out of there. I And by the way, I understand that completely. I respect that move, Sammy. I really do. Well, shoot, I thought it was the Italian goodbye, but I didn't realize it was Irish. So, like, <laughs> I am Italian. I'm not Irish, what but I've never heard of it for Italians. Yeah, what happened to Sammy? He disappeared. That's the Italian <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> and, Mike, the hot right, sauce. Tell see. me, wait, get, let Michael do one thing on the hot sauce, man. How's it going with Matt Anthony? Oh, man. The hot sauce is going great, Eddie. We're opening up, we're opening up uh, areas. In fact, in your area out there, the East Coast, we're coming your way. Oh, you're going to open? Yet, but we're, you're going to open, like, we're, restaurants? We're coming, your, we're coming your way. Yeah, you know, restaurant chains, you could say. Uh, yeah, but we're we're working on it. All right. Well, I, I love it. I keep telling Mike, he's got to, he needs a Mad Anthony's Cafe. He needs a real place that you can go to and say, oh, now I get it with all his hot shit, man. Mikey's got the best palate for hot sauce than I love anybody it. I know. And I'm not joking. I'm telling you, all my chef friends, Guy Fieri and these guys that, you know, they got chili peppers tattooed on them, too. No, Mikey is the chili pepper king. He has the palate for it. <laughs> no, I love this stuff. It's unbelievable. I love this stuff. That's why I asked. Guys in the, under the table. Not and Eddie, food, Eddie, with Eddie, if you're running low, Eddie, I'll say I think I'm good at the moment, but I'll definitely hit you up when I'm ready. Okay. I appreciate it. <laughs> hey, you guys, I appreciate the time, I, and I know the fans appreciate hearing from you, and I hope that uh, I hope that everything works out with the tour and it gets on track and we get through all this madness. Yeah. And uh, I really, yeah, I really thank you for some time today. Hopefully yeah. everything thank will you, Eddie. Uh, end up end soon and we can get back out there doing what we love to do. In the meantime, Eddie, thanks for keeping rock alive, man. You're as big a part as keeping rock alive as any band, and that's a God's truth. And that's that's not an ass kiss. My nose is not browned up on this one. That's the truth. You keep rock alive as much as any band, any musician on the planet. So, well, Sammy, I, pre- I appreciate that. And let me tell you something real quick. Last time I saw when you guys launched the Space Between, and I introed you guys at the Troubadour. I don't know after mm-hmm. after that you guys played that show, you left me a really nice voicemail, which I still have. And you said that you love me, and you said you, if you played an instrument, you'd be in this band. Sammy, I've been practicing. I've been practicing. <laughs> well, now, I got to. <laughs> what instrument, though, Eddie? Tambourine, Michael. Yeah. Tambourine. <laughs> One hand tambourine, tambourine, the other cowbell. I got uh, it both covered, so there, there you, you go. go. I got a very easy other, rider. Yeah. I don't need much per diem. I'll be all good. Okay, all right, all right. We got room on the plane. Okay, all right. Guys, thank you, man. Best to your families. Love you both, and I'll see you soon. Okay, Eddie, yeah, we'll be out there soon. All right, take care, guys. Thank you. Well, always love talking to those guys, and that visit was no exception. Sammy Hagar and Michael Anthony, what a great hang as usual with uh, those two great musicians, great friends, great people. Hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. Remember, new episodes every Thursday. Continue to spread the word, even though I've been doing this podcast for years. It doesn't hurt to get the word out there and tell others. It's totally free. Podcast One, Apple Podcast, or, of course, now on Spotify. At Eddie Trunk on Twitter, Instagram, fan page on Facebook, eddietrunk.com is the official online home. Katie Irizari is the producer of the podcast. 
And remember to listen to me every day, Monday through Friday, Sirius XM Volume, Channel 106 for Trunk Nation, 2 to 4 and 10 to midnight Eastern Time. Everybody be safe, be healthy, and I'll catch you next Thursday for another all-new podcast here on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Have a good week, everybody. Take care. is the beach 60 miles of bright sand water and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night you can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent a place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around with nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air plan your own music field trip to america's jukebox at visit myrtlebeach.com